welcome to the Is That So podcast. My name is Sahela and I am the host and chief content officer here at the Is That So podcast. Follow along each week as I share stories, pose questions, and provide insights on various wellness, travel, and relationship topics aimed to help us all navigate through this rapidly evolving modern world a little bit easier. Here at the Is That So podcast, we believe that life should always be a work in progress. So come learn, laugh, and listen in on unfiltered stories and conversations so that we can open new doors to inspiration, happiness, and forward thinking together. Hello, and welcome back to the Is That So podcast. Today on the podcast, I have invited Ashley Parker from Splash of Ash to come on and share some 2021 relationship goals with us. For those who don't know Ashley, she has spent most of her life dedicated to caring for others and helping them cultivate a life they love. Having received a bachelor in psychology and master's in mental health, Ashley worked as a clinical mental health counselor before starting her lifestyle brand, Splash of Ash, which focuses on inward and outward wellness. And since Valentine's Day is coming up and cultivating true lasting love, whether for self or for others, is a pillar in just about everyone's life, I thought it would be fun to have her come on and give us all a little pep talk on how we can all do just that. Okay, I'm so excited for this episode. So without further ado, welcome, Ashley. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for that introduction. I am so excited to be on your podcast. So thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a fun conversation. Yes, I am so happy you were able to join us today. And I am so excited to chat more about relationships. But before getting into it, can you please share with us a little bit more about your journey and how you came to starting Splash of Ash, as well as why you are an authority in self-love and relationships? Yeah, totally. I would love to do that. So when I went into my freshman year of college, I went to a small school in Florida, I thought I wanted to be a teacher and I was so like ready, jump into teaching. I, that was my major education and I was ready to roll. And the program that I was in, they kind of throw you into the schools pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, it, it's called junior achievement and it's kind of a scripted out program. And, and you go into these elementary schools and you teach. And okay. I'm forever grateful for that experience because it quickly taught me that that was just so not for me. So (laughs) I was like, how do I pivot? Where do I go? And I love people. I love connecting with people. So my next thought was um, psychology. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up meeting with a professor at the school of psychology. And I was like, you know, I love people, whatever. And is this a, a good route for me? And he said, absolutely. So I jumped right into psychology. I got my, uh, undergrad degree in psychology with a minor in education. And mm-hmm. it's kind of known in, in the field of uh, mental health that if you want to go on and work with people, you have to get at least your master's degree. So yeah. I kind of knew that's where I was headed. So yeah. yeah. So I went right into my master's degree at the same school in clinical mental health counseling, like you mentioned, and I love school. I am good at school. Yeah. Then it came the time in the program when you work with people, real people with real struggles and real challenges. And yeah, as I was thrown into that, I quickly realized that that wasn't also where my heart was. It wasn't really lighting my soul on fire. Although I love working with people and I, I love to hear each person's story because I think each person is so special and has such a unique 
story to share. Yeah. I wasn't really into the, the clinical and traditional way of counseling. I believe in counseling. I believe everybody should be in therapy. <laughs> yes, me because, too. Yes. It's self-development, self-growth, and I'm all about that. But uh-huh. for, brings awareness. For, yes. Yes. And for me to wear the therapist hat, though, it just wasn't it wasn't really lighting me up like mm-hmm. I like I thought it was. So quarantine came, right? And we're all hit with this pandemic. And I kind of gave myself a pep talk. I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, either you're going to graduate in May of 2020 and go on and become licensed. It takes typically another two years after you graduate with your master's to be licensed. Okay. And uh, I was like, Ash, you're either going to be miserable And you're just going to stick this out and just kind of keep coasting through life doing this. Or you can figure out where to pivot, figure out where your heart is and figure out another way that I can connect with people in a different way. That's not on that, like, you know, one on one clinical, traditional sense of counseling. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how Splash of Ash came about. I, I really want to use my my brand and this platform that I have, you know, on social media and my podcast as a way to empower people to be their best while living their best. So mental health tips, I kind of use my background in mental health counseling to help people. And I am so happy doing this. Like this is where my heart is podcasting and getting my, you know, my education into people's lives to build them up and empower them to be better. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I started Splash of Ash. Nice. I loved how you were able to like pivot and like have those pep talks with yourself. And it probably has a lot to do with like your education and just being in it. But a lot of people I know, even me, like there was a couple instances in my life where I realized that what my job, my career, what I was doing wasn't bringing me fulfillment. And it took a long time to like convince myself to like pivot to something else. And that I felt a little defeated and it feels yes. like to me, like you're like, nope, this isn't for me. What's <laughs> what's next? And I, I really like that. Yeah. Pivoting is so hard. And when I was in the thick of my clinical experience and counseling people, it was hard. Like there were times when I would go to my clinicals and I would be crying the whole way down because I was like, this is just hard. This isn't where my heart is. And I wanted to be in that room with those people because you know, they were there to get help and to be empowered to change their lives. And I was like, yeah, God, this is really hard. So it's a decision, right, to to pivot and to make that change. And it takes a lot of courage. So I have my family around me who was like, all right, if this is where you want to go, if this is what you want to do, let's make it happen. So I'm really grateful. You know, although quarantine had obviously it's it's struggles and it's challenges and as a country and also in a lot of people's personal lives. For me, I kind of use it as a way to grow and to do something different. So I I am grateful for that time. Yeah, same with me. I mean, I started this podcast in April, Yeah, you know, but I thought about doing this even the year before in in November, like as it was leading Mm. up to Christmas. But it just took me that long. And also that break, because it was literally I was going, 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 traveling, 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 writing for other people, like busy creating content. I didn't have time to like necessarily put a brand together for a podcast, you know, or like really launch something. And it finally gave me that time to do it. Oh, so good. It really was an opportunity, I think, for a lot of people to kind of rest because 
we don't rest at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it really was used as rest, but then also used, you know, as an opportunity for a lot of people to kind of branch out and get outside your comfort zone and do something different. So yeah, you did it, girl, yeah. and I did it. Yeah. So I <laughs> keep it rolling. I love it. Yes. Well, speaking of empowerment, I'm curious to know what you think should be some relationship goals that we should be cultivating in 2021. Yeah. So this is such a fun question because I think it can kind of go two different directions. If we think of relationship mm -hmm. goals and the things that we want out of our relationships, I think it can kind of go one of two ways and we can use it as like a fun thing with our partner. So what I mean by yeah. that is make a date night out of creating some relationship goals with your partner and, and, and make it a oh, date night, fun. right? Like get some wine, eat some chocolate covered strawberries. I don't know. You do you, but sit yeah. with your person and Really think about where you want to go, what's going well, what isn't going well, and dream with your partner. I think of my parents yeah. when I think of this, they were high school sweethearts, so they have been together since they were, you know, 16 years old, and they are so good at this. They dream so hard together. And in a way, dreaming is a way to kind of cultivate some of those goals that you that you want as a couple. And mm -hmm. with that being said, I also think that creating goals together keep you in line with each other. Keep that spark going because oh, there's a sure. vision. There's a vision of where you want to go, what you want to do, what you want to create together, you know, for for your now and for your future family. Oh, totally. I like to also plan future trips oh, that yes. we could possibly go on with Adam. And he gets really excited about that, too, because there's so many places that he's wanted to visit. Yes. And so it's kind of like the world's our oyster and we feel like we're not trapped in a COVID bubble when we yes. do that. We ha we are expanding to like future plans beyond Ugh. where we are at right now. So it's also helpful to just be more happy for the future. Yes. Tot as uncertain as it may be right now. Totally. And I think having things to look forward to is huge, especially right now. You know, we're still kind of in this pandemic and a lot of us still are working from home. And so having something to look forward to, even even if you don't see that for right now in the spring or, you know, maybe not even in the winter, but maybe next year, like let's start to plan some fun things that we can look forward to that kind of take us out of, like you said, this COVID bubble. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're not in a relationship, maybe there was this trip that you always wanted to take. And now you feel like this last year has kind of been wasted. You haven't met anybody. Plan a trip that could take you on like a Kentucky where you're in a group of people that you don't know from back home and it kind of like throws you into a situation where you get to meet other people and yes. you get to have more of a worldly experience. Maybe you become friends with someone. Maybe you end up like visiting them in Switzerland yes. and then you meet one of their friends and you fall oh, in love. Like it, it just it could be anything. Oh, totally. I love that idea. And I also think it's a great opportunity to kind of focus in and hone in on what your individual goals are. And yeah. outside of just individual goals and what you want for yourself, what do you want in a future partner? Maybe you're not in a relationship, but let's start to, to manifest our partner and what we want in our life partner. Okay. I love it. Yeah. So daydream together. Yes. Relationship goal number one. 
Yes, I love it. I also think when we're thinking about relationship goals that we want, you know, for 2021, the word that comes to my mind is awareness. Mm -hmm. So sit down and have a conversation about what's going well, what isn't going well. And some of the things that I have just for my relationship, because we actually did this, was (laughs) more like the here and now. So Mm -hmm. one thing that is a goal for us is to have more quality time Mm -hmm. without the phones or the technology. And I think you might be able to connect with me on this one because what we're doing, right, our work per se is online. So Instagram, social media is computer, like it's all at our fingertips all of the time. So sometimes we are watching a movie together and that's our version of some quality time. After he gets home from work, we make dinner and then I'm just scrolling on my phone or, or DMing people. And he's just like, please, Ash, for the love of God, put your phone down and be here with me now. So that's a huge one for me. I don't know if you can connect with me on that one. It's funny because my boyfriend doesn't leave the house to go to work. So he's here in the house with me. It wasn't always like that, but right now it's like that. And I've had to adjust to that Mm -hmm. way of living together since March. And at first it was a little bit hard because we lived in an apartment. We were kind of all on top of each other. Yeah. Especially when he gets conference calls and I... I'm used to working in a quiet apartment all by myself. Mm. And now I have to sit through a 45 minute conference call and it's distracting for me. Or if I had a call and he had a call, I had to go to the car to take my call. (laughs) And I'm like, this was my office. This (laughs) is my spot. That's so funny. Yeah. And so, you know, but we got used to that. And I think for both of us, you know, he likes to watch all the sports and whatnot and be on Instagram because he's literally like sitting and looking at spreadsheets all day. So even when yeah. he's done work, he wants to unwind. And so we both have to kind of get out of being on our phones and like mm. watching TV because there's all these things that are just distracting us yeah. from actually spending time together because it's not really spending time. Totally. We're often distracted no matter who's in our house. It's like we're not always being present with that person, whether we live with our parents or our significant other. It doesn't matter. I think there's a lot of times that we aren't being fully present in the here and now with the people that we're with. Yeah. And I think that that's what actually builds the bond back together where you feel like you're not just roommates. Yeah. You're more than that. And you actually want to like understand where the person's at in their day or life or how they're feeling and then having more substantial conversations. Yeah, totally. Like a genuine check-in. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about for, for my relationship is focusing on the little things that we do for each other. So I think a lot of times when we think about relationship and especially with like Valentine's Day coming up and that's sort of the focus right now, it's like the big things. It's like, where can we go to dinner? Or what's the big things we can do together in the future? And I, I 100% think that we need to do big, but I also think we need to think small as well. So like sometimes when Austin, that's my boyfriend, he comes home and he brings me Sour Patch. I'm like the happiest I love girl Sour Patch ever, kids. right? Oh my God, so, he's, sounds like a great boyfriend. Yes, that's what I mean. It's <laughs> like, it makes you so happy. Yeah. It's like, you thought of me when you were in the grocery store grabbing your dinner and you got me some Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. So it's like the little things or or the flowers that we get. It's it's the, the little things that we can do for each other, not just him for me, but me for him is really important to focus on too. So we made that one of our relationship goals too, is to kind of focus on some of those smaller things. And that's something 
that feels like we can control a little bit more of, especially with COVID and and we might not be able to travel and do some of those big things. So focus on some of those little things too. Yeah. And I also find that I never was someone who puts a lot of value in like doing things that are expensive. Yeah. Like I appreciate them and they're fun, but like the things that actually make me feel loved Mm -hmm. at my core is when he helps me with something like yes. some kind of act of service. Love so, languages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like understanding each other's love languages and then feeding into that. And it doesn't have to be big. It could just be like, hey, like you seemed overwhelmed. Can I help you with something? Yes. something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So simple. Yeah. Just to be like, oh, yeah, he's got my back. That's great. Yes. You know? Or I've got her back. So. Totally. And every relationship is so different. So I think that's kind of what we're getting at. Like what's important for me and my relationship might be totally different for what's important for you in your relationship. So it's just important to bring that sense of awareness and tap into that sense of awareness and know what's important for you in your relationship. It's mindfulness, essentially, right? Yes, it is mindfulness. And when we tap into that awareness, we're getting to know ourselves. We're getting to know our partner. We're getting to know what we want out of this. I think we get caught up in the routine and like the schedule and, you know, you're both home or I'm home and my boyfriend comes home at, you know, six and I don't get off the couch to give him a kiss. And it's just, you know, the same thing over and over. So we got to spice it up a little and we got to practice those little things and know what we want. Mm -hmm. I like this spiciness. Yes. Gotta spice it up. We need to have a little spark, guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, especially when you've been together like in a pandemic for nine months, ten months, oh you know, and, and you're like, everything is a little bit like a groundhog day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting dressed up. We're not putting a makeup on and kind of, you know, doing socializing those with yes. our friends or yes. like, like, yeah, I've started having new hobbies. Ooh, I love that. So. I picked up the ukulele. I've been teaching myself ukulele. And sometimes I'll like walk into the room, I'll suave and be like, I wrote you this song. And like, oh, I love that. Walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Swiftly walk away. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, keep practicing, girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun, though. That I think I think, too kind of using that playfulness like that's what I heard when Mm -hmm. you were just saying that like that's so playful and that's so silly and there's something so fun about like that flirtiness right like going back to when y'all first met or I first met my boyfriends or whatever like you know that little thing that's like oh like you're giggly like playfulness so I love that you're doing that I need I need to maybe I'll pick up the ukulele I don't know (laughs) yeah I mean just doing doing something fun that you like maybe wanted to do like I've also really wanted to learn how to skate like I can I'm from Canada so like you should kind of know how to skate but (laughs) just being Canadian it's like a prerequisite but my boyfriend's played hockey for so long And he promised to teach me this holiday season. But of course, like all the rinks are closed because of COVID. Uh. So we haven't been able to do it. But like picking up some kind of fun hobby or random talent that you've been wanting to try or learn or whatever. Maybe it's maybe you do it and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is not for me. But at least you you did it and you can feel like you have some sense of accomplishment and you're doing something, you know, by yourself. Yeah create some like happiness that then you could like bring back to the relationship and share or if it's something that he can teach you or you can teach them that's even better 
Yes. That's what I was just going to say. Like skating is something that you guys can do for fun together. You know, if he's teaching you, it kind of brings that togetherness back. Yeah. Um, and also that fun. So that's awesome. The other one that I have is to have intentional date nights. So mm -hmm. you know how I said like the little things or when we're sitting on the couch, I'm scrolling. You kind of touched on this a little bit. So when we're sitting mm -hmm. on the couch, just watching a movie, like that's not always like an intentional date night. That's just like we're both kind of there, yeah. you know, in our own headspace, doing our own thing. So we said that we are going to have an intentional date night once a month. And that'll look different, obviously, every time. But even if it's a dinner out, I feel like we do dinner outs like always for our date night. So we're yeah. trying to like do other things like go paddle boarding. I'm in Florida, so okay. a little different than where you are. <laughs> yeah. So like go paddle paddle boarding, you know, at, at a cute little beachy town or go to the beach and do a little picnic, but something that can bring us together where we're both being present together outside of like our little apartment. Yeah. And COVID, I get it. It's still a real thing, but you know, doing something intentionally together, that's, that's the point of this one. Yeah. I mean, even in Canada, I know a lot of people are going snowshoeing and hiking and stuff like that, like just going for a walk. Yeah. But yeah, I did a lot of snowshoeing this this break and it was wonderful or even just <laughs> so at the cottage, we just got a new sauna and even just like sitting oh. in the sauna with your partner for like 45 minutes or just sitting somewhere yes. that doesn't have a television or your phone's going off yes. and you can just kind of have a conversation, maybe listen to music together. Also, like starting a fire, you know, actually, yeah. I learned that like starting a fire can be a bit of an art. And it can it can yeah. be like kind of a challenge for both of you. I mean, like, don't go starting fires in your backyard, please. But like <laughs> if you have a fireplace or a fire pit, it could be fun and keep you warm. So yes. that's oh, hilarious. I, like that I can't one. believe I just told everyone to like <laughs> start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I got like that's cozy vibes, like a little cottage. Like I, I like that one. Yeah, I like and, that one. Yeah. And so I also think doing those things helps me discover new parts of of my boyfriend, for example, like I mm. didn't know how caveman he can be when there's a fire going. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like discovering new things about him and I'm like, ooh, he's a resourceful man that can like find logs and start a fire. And yeah, that's kind that's of a turn good. on. <laughs> Yeah, I feel safe. That, that that manly man. Yeah, we all love that. Yeah, yeah. That that made me think about when we put ourselves in some you know outside the box experiences, like you know starting a fire, whatever it is, like for you. But when we get outside of ourselves a little bit with our partner, we do get to learn new things about them. Yeah, when we're in new experiences. So this is like a little encouragement: get outside of like your box, the usual things that you and your partner do get outside of that do something different and I promise you you'll learn something new about yourself and about your partner yeah and it will probably give you this like giddy exploration new discoveries um it'll open up the relationship in different ways where it could be a great opportunity for that like flirting and funness and playfulness that like you know I like to bring into my relationship too yeah that playfulness I'm all for it <laughs> I'm still I'm still thinking about your ukulele and kind of going in and so just slow. playing something <laughs>
I love it. That's so well, fun. Well, these are all so great. But what about self-love? What are some goals we can start to put in place to increase our self-love? So when I think of self-love, I think that we have to love ourselves inwardly first before we can outwardly love others, but also 100%. be loved, right? Like how is someone else going to fully love us if we don't even love ourselves? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a total foundation to step into relationships. And I think the first part of self-love is being able to spend time with yourself. Mm -hmm. Get to know yourself. Explore your likes, your dislikes, what energizes you, what completely sucks the life out of you. Spend time in that self-reflection. Explore your values. And I think when we get to know ourselves, we begin to understand ourselves at a level that we didn't before. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is a great start to self-love. Yes, I agree. And I find when you are able to just bring awareness to whatever's going on in your brain, you can also start to like heal certain things Mm -hmm. or decide what your inner critic has said that is just not true. Yeah. And you can start to break down those things that have been holding you back, giving Mm. you self-doubt, stopping you from actually fighting for the love that you deserve. Yes. And then um, making sure that you put boundaries or whatever that looks like in place so that you can make sure that you're getting it. Totally. We all have those self-limiting beliefs about ourselves, right? Like those things that we tell ourselves, our mind loves to tell us lies, like spit lies at us all day long. And the other thing, the other part of self-love is I think we put a lot of power in what other people think of us. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm giving you permission to give yourself that power back. You know, love yourself. We value other people's opinions over our own. So when we spend time with ourselves and explore ourselves on so many levels and get to know ourselves then we will be able to understand and really fully love ourselves and quite honestly, not give a crap about what someone is saying about you because we love who we are. We love what we stand for. So their opinion, we're just going to put, we're just going to, we're throw it off to the side. Yeah. And even in my last episode, we did a little exercise and I found that when it comes to self doubt and my archetype, the example that we did during the session was I brought up a memory from 25 years ago, like so long ago when I was 13. And I hadn't even thought of that in like ages, but Mm. I can see that something that happened way, 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 way long ago has affected my inner child and my self-belief. And I carried that for 25 years. I carried that baggage for 25 years, you know, and it's just like that moment when you were 13 does not define your worth. And so why am I still carrying this? Yeah. So it was very insightful to bring awareness to that. And then when you start to unpack things and things, you start to learn like where they're coming from. And then you can finally dismiss them and be like, no, this is not true. Yeah. And and this isn't something that's serving me, right? This is something that's holding me back. This has been something that has been holding me back for 25 years. And yeah. This is so normal, though. Like we all have these beliefs inside of us that have either been built off of our experiences when we're younger. And it it is important to think about these things so we can unpack, heal and then begin to say, hey, listen, this belief does not serve me and it's not helping me live my life 
to the max or live my yeah. life in my full potential. So that's a lot easier said than done, right? Dismissing yeah. <laughs> some of those beliefs that we've held on to for 25 yeah. years. It takes work. It or takes some of practice. it's just not true. Yeah. Flat out not true. <laughs> Our mind is so powerful. Our mind tells us these lies and we actually believe these lies. But one of the things that I like to do to kind of dismiss some of these lies that our mind likes to tell us is to tap into the evidence that yep. we can see. So let me give you an example. Okay. So if my belief is I got a new job, right? Yeah. And I don't think that my coworker likes me for whatever reason. I just don't think that she likes me. And because of that, I feel like I'm not worthy to be there. And it just spirals, right? Mm -hmm. our, our, our mind loves to spiral down these negative thought spirals and leave us feeling like absolute crap. So if we look into that and go, okay, wait, hold on. Where, what's the evidence that says my coworker doesn't like me? Yeah. Maybe she didn't smile at me today or we think of these little things. But the point is, if we tap into some of the evidence that surrounds that little belief that we have that our, that our head takes down this negative way, yeah. we can go, wait a second. That Actually, that's not true at all. You know, maybe she's having a busy day and she just didn't stop in my room today or whatever yeah. it is. We, lo we love to just make things oh, up totally. like, and just run with this narrative Tap into the evidence, though, that proves it or disproves yeah, it. I think there's a whole list of them. They're called cognitive distortions, right? Where, like, mm -hmm. your brain yep. kind of projects an insecurity onto a relationship or a friendship, and it's just not true or not a situation. Yep. Unhelpful thinking styles. It is yep. when we <laughs> when we have that list in front of us, guaranteed, we all literally can check off pretty much all of them. Like, I, I did an episode on my podcast of unhelpful thinking styles. And in prepping for it, I was like, oh my gosh, like I do a lot of these, right? It's normal. But one of the ways yeah. to kind of get us out of that is to tap into the evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are some of your favorite practices to cultivate self-love? Oof. I am a huge bath girl. I love my Epsom are you? salts bath and I love to just sit and in silence, literally, I don't play podcasts. I don't play music. I just sit with myself in a bathtub and it is oh my God. heavenly silence. So I, I never, I was always taking showers. I've been a shower girl for my whole life. Mm -hmm. I want to say. And recently now that we've had the sauna and I've been going in the sauna by myself and spending an hour there, I was like laughing and giggling with myself. I started making up a song and singing a song yeah. and I'm like, wow, like spending time with myself is so fun. Oh, it's huge. And so, obviously we're back in the city don't have a sauna so now it's been the bath mm. and I've been during the day sitting in the bath like having a luxurious midday bath yes I'm and here for that it is heaven yeah like it is so nice it really... and I'm like why have I not been taking baths I've been missing out this whole time yeah it's also a great opportunity to like check in with yourself right we check mm -hmm. in with other people we like to ask how other people are but we don't always be like, hey, Ash, how are you? Like, how are you yeah. feeling? So it's a great time to to check in with yourself. Are you sore? Do you need to stretch? Are you dehydrated? Does your head hurt? Are you tense in your shoulders? Like what's going on in your body that you can use that as an opportunity to, you know, fix and to work on? Yeah. And I know like throughout the day, even you have all of these like interactions 
you know, before, let's say I was like going to the mall or something and then this guy stole my spot and he was really rude mm. about it. And like, you know, when you're like, excuse me, that was my spot. And yep. he was like, sorry, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then just, just be like, it's a, just a jerk and kind of walks away. And you're like, really? Just like, pissed really? off. Yeah. You're going to be this kind of a human being today. And so you're like, kind of like in a crummy mood yes. because that happens. But then if you take time to like sit by yourself and you're like, okay. Let it go, honey. I'm going to let this go. Yeah. <laughs> let it go. Because. Like, why am I keeping this crummy feeling with me? I don't want to feel this way. I don't deserve to feel this way. I was having a beautiful day up until that point. Yes. And it doesn't need to define the rest of my day. Yes. Oh, I love and just that. Letting yourself like just sit for a second and just acknowledge that you have the power to put this behind you. So stop carrying it around with yes. you. And the more healing I do, the quicker I become at doing that. Oh, yes. It's it, it gives you that power. Yeah. You are in control, right? You are in control of how you respond. You're in control of what you take with you for the rest of your day. So you can choose to take on that crappy energy from that interaction that happens wherever you were, or you can choose to acknowledge like, hey, that really pissed me off for a hot second. High anger, high annoyance. You're here, but I'm choosing to leave you here and behind and I'm going to step forward into my day with positivity and I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and I'm just going to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think it also giving yourself time alone away from your partner can also mm. actually make you even appreciate the time that you spend together a little bit more because you can actually think about all the sweet things that they did for you or yeah. it can make you aware of maybe even what relationship needs are not being met because you're constantly yes. distracting yourself. You're constantly working. You're around each other. You don't necessarily maybe think about it. Yes. You know, and but then you're kind of also feeling like, oh, we've we haven't been as intimate. We haven't really had enough time alone together. Maybe the, like the holidays were really go, 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 go. And you just feel like yeah. exhausted from that and a little bit disconnected. But you guys spend all this time together. But was it really meaningful time? And it's just, yeah, it can highlight things that maybe like you would want to address within your relationship, which actually brings me to my last question. How do you unpack relationship needs that aren't being met with your partner in a way where your relationship becomes stronger versus, you know, you or your partner walking away feeling like hurt or getting upset? Like, can you give us any tips? Yeah, totally. So it comes down to communication, right? Mm -hmm. Like how yeah. we communicate <laughs> basically is everything. So I have, um, I feel statements, right? So if we're having a conversation with our partner, mm -hmm. we spend time with ourselves. We realize that there are some things that I am not getting out of this relationship that I was before. And, you know, we're both not feeling connected in a certain way, whatever it may be. So the next step is to go to your partner and have this conversation. So communication, everything. I yeah. feel statements. There are three components to I feel statements. The first component is your feelings. The second component is a brief, non-blameful, I'm going to like say it again, non-blameful description of the behavior that you were finding to be unacceptable or whatever the word may be. And the third component of an I feel statement is the concrete effect of the behavior that it has on you. So that was a lot of words. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I feel joyful when you bring me flowers home from the grocery store. 
Right. So that's a positive one. That's I don't a feel positive like that's one. something you should be scared about, like your partner getting upset or feeling hurt about. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're but- welcome. <laughs> No, that's that's the structure, right? We can go okay. into that one. I, I feel whatever it may be, but that's the point of an I feel statement. I feel blank when you, the behavior, and then how it made you feel. Because okay. there's a huge difference, right? If your partner, whatever, didn't text you leaving the bar, I don't know if that's important to you or not, but whatever, we'll just use that as an example. Yeah. When you go the next morning to have this conversation with him and you're like, I am so pissed at you. How could you do this? Uh, an explosion starts. That's very different than I feel angry or I feel unimportant when you don't text me to let me know that you're leaving to come home at night, whatever it may be. Yeah. So it's just a much nicer way to communicate with your partner that takes the anger and the pressure out of the conversation. Okay. So like, I feel undesirable when you bring your phone to dinner. Yes. And then that starts the conversation. Because instead of saying when you bring your phone to dinner, it really pisses me off or whatever. Like it just takes, hey, babe, I feel undesirable when you are on your phone at dinner. And and it's it's such a softer way to communicate. But I do have to say when you're heated, right, and emotions are high from something that your partner did that made you angry or, or made you feel unimportant, It's hard to do this. It sounds easy. I feel blank. You're like, okay, great. That's like such an easy tip. It's really hard when you're in the moment and things are heated and your your emotions are high. It's really hard to slow yourself down and just be like, hey, babe, I feel really unimportant right now, you know? Yeah. And I think it also gives you insight into what it is you feel like you need from the relationship that you're not getting. So I said undesirable, Yeah, which means that I want to be more desired. Maybe that means that we haven't had, you know, an intimate conversation or an intimate experience together in a while. And I just feel like I need more of that. It can give you insights into like, oh, so it really doesn't have anything to do with its phone. It kind of has to do yes. with all of this other stuff that I feel like I need more of in a relationship. Totally. It brings, again, that sense of awareness into what you need and what you're not getting. And also like to your example that you used, you know, I feel undesirable, whatever, you know, comes after that statement, When he hears that, he's probably like, oh, like, I really didn't, you know, mean to make you feel that way, right? Well, if they're like a good partner, if they're a narcissist, then it's like, you're going to have a totally different reaction. (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Run. That's all we have to say to that one. Just run now. Yeah. If they don't want to acknowledge (laughs) your feelings, just run. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have any advice for you. Just literally go. (laughs) But it does open the door to having a conversation. And that's the point, right? So hard conversations can be difficult. But if we just, you you know, tap into what we need, what we're not getting and figuring out what that word is that it's making us feel, then we go to our partner. It's going to open that door to having a conversation. Yeah, And if you feel a little bit timid about having those types of conversations, remember to put together a self-love practice before you do, because once you establish your self-love practice and you realize like, oh, okay, I deserve to feel desired. I deserve to be able to tell my feelings and share how I feel. I shouldn't have to shy away from that because sometimes people will, you know, not share what, how they're feeling with their partner because they don't want to be needy. Yeah. I mean, the goal of having these conversations is to better your relationship. And that, that just takes the pressure off completely because ultimately you want your relationship to be great. You want your relationship to be that relationship that you have 
you know, prayed for when you were little or whatever it is like you deserve to be heard. And the goal is to be better as a couple. Yeah. Well, Ashley, I really appreciate you imparting your wisdom on us and helping us create a better relationship with self and others. And before I let you go, can you please let everyone know where they can find you? Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. So my Instagram is at a underscore splash of ash. I also have my website, which is splash of ash.co on there. You can sign up to be a part of my newsletter, which is a Monday email that goes out full of mental health tips. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I'm going to sign up. <laughs> yes. Mental health tips, kind of, you know, pep talk, whatever I'm feeling like we need, I send out on Monday yeah. um, so that you can be a part of my newsletter. I also have some merch on my website, some cute crew neck sweatshirts that say change your everyday, change your life, nice. because I'm all about those little things that mm-hmm. we can do to make ourselves better. Um, I also have a blog, which is full of so many, you know, mental health and wellness tips on there too. And that's also on the website. Yes. And I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes, which you can access easily in the description of this episode. So you can just go there, click the link, take you right to all of this information. Yes. All right, girls, go be your best dang self (laughs) and have a great Valentine's Day. Thanks. You too. Take care, hon. so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Is That So podcast. For more information on this episode and all past episodes, you can check out my show notes on isthatso.com or follow me on Instagram at isthatso. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your personal support to the podcast, simply leave a review on iTunes or screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your stories. All right, friends, that's it. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Is That So podcast. And I look forward to hanging out with you again soon.